Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, man, have you downloaded anything the internet is a fun way to have fun now you and your friends can send an email got it download photographic images that's the rainforest and help grandma figure it out email get your parents to buy you a modem and you'll be radical. Oh, what is that? What is that? It's a terrible sound. What is it? I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. Follow me. Subscribe to me. Like me. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 6. Be embarrassed more often. Hey, 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 all right. Welcome back, you scallywags, you jackals, you sons of guns. Welcome back. And speaking of back, I'm back, baby. I'm back. I'm back in downtown L.A. L.A., baby. It's just a constant hellacious situation. It's hella cool, hella. No, actually, you would not say hella cool in downtown LA because that's Northern California parlance. You got to watch out, son. You're in SoCal, baby, where it's always hot and sunny and sunny and hot until it's not. This is Alex Rogers recording and reporting from a timeless zone 
in which you're listening is the now. We might be hearing some trucks go by, we might be hearing some honking, some screeching, and uh, we might even be hearing some screaming. Uh, That, of course, comes from the humans, not the machines. Uh, But one day, we won't know the difference. Well, you know, sometimes you step up to the vocal plate to lay down a track and you're full of ideas. Other times you step up and you ain't got no ideas. And then you have a situation like today where I'm thinking, okay, I got some stuff to talk about, but you also feel a little vulnerable because you kind of know you got to talk about some not-so-pretty things that happen deep in the soul, and nevertheless, they do happen, and we deal with them as they come. We'll get into that in just one second. Let's start with just kind of checking in here. Let me see how y'all are doing. I'm right here. By the way, I love y'all. I am not from the South. For better or worse, I'm a California boy, born and raised, have yet to move anywhere else. Sad or fortunate for me, will tell in time. But I've picked up various other cadences, as you may have noticed. Uh, And, of course, I like uh, a good southern sound. And there are a couple things that we get from the south, like y'all, and also, which I love saying, it's just a good way to address everybody, but, but keeping it kind of loose, you know? I love referring to ma'am and sir, especially in a work environment. It doesn't remove my majesty to say that. I don't, I don't have to become some subservient person. It's a wonderful gesture, especially the older ladies, where I suppose it is appropriate to say ma'am. You say ma'am to a 26-year-old, and she'll look at you and be like, Oh my God, I'm going to look more at my phone. And in the middle of this COVID thing, you have people who still aren't wearing their masks. People, I'm going to say this as nicely as I can. Wear your fucking mask! No, for real, please wear your mask. It's getting annoying. Here's a little something I've been thinking about, folks. It's good for you to be embarrassed. You should be embarrassed more often. Now, I'm not saying living in shame. I'm not saying living in guilt or being super subservient wherever you go. I'm saying feel proper contrition when you do little fuck-ups in the day. You bump into someone. Oh, I'm, excuse me, I'm sorry. You cut someone off in traffic. Put out a little hand. Oh, my bad. You're backing out of your driveway and you almost hit the pedestrian. This shit drives me crazy. I walk a lot, folks. I love to walk. And I was walking past... This happened several times. I'll walk past someone's driveway, and the person just reverses because, oh, I did did my homework. I'm sitting in the car, and now I go in reverse. I don't even have to look in the mirror. I just... Look, I did all my homework. What else am I supposed to do? Actually look out for other people? It's 2020. I don't do that. Well, you should. Because first of all, you don't want any murder on your hands. But also, I have every right as a pedestrian, if you almost hit me, to go, hey, but hey, hey. Uh, you know what? I, I, I literally pulled a Ratso Rizzo the other day. Like, no irony. I wasn't even, I, it just came out of my mouth. I, the, I'm walking past someone's driveway. I can kind of see they're already backing up. And I will admit it, folks, I keep walking. Because I'm, God damn it, I have the right of way. Hey, hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. 
You know, by the way, people don't say the next part of that quote, which is so great. Hey, don't worry about that. Actually, that's not a bad way to pick up insurance. (laughs) By the way, I love Midnight Cowboy. One of the most deserving Best Picture winners, if there's any validity to the Oscars and the decisions that those Oscar weavers make. Um, but it's, it's, it's a fantastic film. It's, it's now 51 years old, that movie, and it is still applicable to the human condition and experience. Highly recommended. Great editing, great soundtrack, great direction, great performances. Um, and yeah, and, and, and get ready for a very uh, a vulnerable movie, too. Uh, because uh, some of y'all uh, don't want to be vulnerable anymore. And that's part of the issue. Everybody wants to be a badass without doing the homework to actually be one. So everyone's a whiny little bitch, but acting like they actually have something to say. Don't you all love my little ditties? We're going to make a whole album one day of all of my little half songs in, in half acceptable musical notes and half acceptable melodies. In fact, we're going to just call the album Half Acceptable. But yes, going back to the main point, you know me and my tangents, folks. I, uh, by the way, you can hear right now, we are cooking outside I don't know why I leave the window open. I just, I like working with a little bit of chaos. I don't quite understand what that is because if I really, I should have a quiet space in which to speak uh, to get the best, most uh, proper, crisp recording. You're going to enjoy this recording the way you enjoy a perfect cup of coffee. Coffee should be made with the perfect precision that goes into any great Artistic enterprise. Shut the fuck up and drink your Joe. Um, No. So, here's the thing, folks. Back to the main point. (laughs) Jeez, I can't believe... I'm amazed I ever find my way back to the main point. But here we go, folks. If I'm walking past the driveway and you're backing up, I have every... and, And you almost hit me. I have every right to give you some shit. You don't have any right to give me any shit in return because you are wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong as all hell. There was a guy backing out of his driveway. He almost hits me. And I'm like, hey, yo. And he just goes, actually, this is what I do. I go, hi, hello, I exist too. You know, a little passive aggressive, but it's 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 appropriate. And this guy goes, "Fuck you." Um, no. There's about seventy things you can do when you're wrong, and saying "fuck you" is not one of them. It's not one of them. Uh, and then the other day, this lady's backing out. That's when I did the Ratso Rizzo. Hey, hey, hey! I'm walking here. And I kind of give her that hello face, which is very funny because we, well, some of us wear masks these days. And, uh, and I'm just throwing up my arms like, hey, yo, what the fuck? And um, th- this is just as injurious as going, fuck you. Just kind of having a, a sort of lazy, glazed over, who knows whether she's overly medicated, under medicated. But she's just looking at me just kind of like, 
I don't understand. Um, so that's that's fucking infuriating too, folks. I'm noticing more and more and more of us are just pretending we're not stinking up the room. And that is insulting to everyone's intelligence. Be embarrassed more often. Get a little, oops, <laughs> sorry, oh, mea culpa, fuck, I didn't mean to do that. Oop. Do it. it. It's good for you. It, it ups your humanity. It ups your sense of humor. Or, or is that not an option anymore? Do we just look at memes of people saying, I ate so much cookie dough. Don't judge. <laughs> Isn't that clever? Who, you're really on one today, Alex. Can we, can we watch out for the volume? No. No, we can't. The only volume we can look out for is Archimedes Principle. Hey, hey, three-dimensional humor. Um... Yeah, baby. Eureka. Can someone confirm this for me, by the way? Is it true that Archimedes sat in his bathtub, and by doing so, the water, you know, rises up, and he realizes, oh, I've figured out volume. Um, and is it true? That part is true. But is it true that Archimedes sprang out of the uh, bath and ran through the streets naked, excited that he had discovered, uh, you know, what, what a three-dimensional measurement is in terms of volume? Is this, is this true? Because he was pretty lucky that he was in the right hood to do that. If he was a different looking dude, let's say, in a different part of town, and he's running around naked telling people, I figured it out! Eureka! They, I mean, dude, they would, have, they would have stabbed you. They would have hauled you off. They would have put you away. By the way, who here remembers Eureka? Eureka's castle. Oof, we'll do another episode all about that. But in the meantime, <laughs> can you all tell I'm reaching for subjects today? All right. Here is the main thing I wanted to get into today, folks. This is all leading up to something. And you all know me. I like to get mad at everyone else. And some of you might be thinking, well, who are you, Alex? Well, who are you to be so special and high and mighty to be criticizing fellow humans? I'll tell you. I'm a man who fucks up, too. I've really come head-to-head with a part of me that I finally recognize to be uh, problematic. (laughs) So what am I talking about here? Well, I have been learning more and more that I need to manage my emotions and my reactions, my frustrations when it comes to dealing with others in a far more self-regulating, self-care kind of way. And not too long ago, I had a dispute with a friend. And here's the thing, folks. I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not going to mention even really the circumstance. You know why? Well, first of all, to protect the identities of the innocent, but also to, um, it's not the main point. Um, hello, honking. We're the honking honkies. The honking honkies. This is a lost title from the early 60s. 
It'll be followed by Beach Blanket Bingo. Yeah, I, I've been feeling um, the horrors of what it's like to just express yourself without any care for how the other person might be feeling. And I had a major lesson recently where, in short, I felt personally uh, crossed by a friend. And the feelings were real. I legitly felt kind of miffed and, and uh, ignored. And um, I felt like my voice and my essence and my, I don't mean my, my speaking voice, but you know how we say like, you know, just sort of as, as we say voice in the sense of identity, your essence, your, your whole being. I felt like it wasn't being heard, that it was being actively ignored. And um, that feeling is very real because I don't, I'm not into denying feelings. They don't come from nowhere. They're very real. But what we do with them, aye, there's the rub. What we do with our feelings basically is what has created all the greatest beauties and horrors that we live through and continue to feel the echoing effects from the annals and dusts of history. And all our yesteryears have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Not bad, Alex. That's two Shakespeare references. Can you fit some more in the episode? I'll try. I've been learning that I think I have a, and I'm not alone in this. I think if we all sit down, we can kind of sense it. But speaking for myself, I have a temple in my heart. And I don't like desecrating my own temple. And I'm in danger of desecrating my temple when I express my feelings carelessly towards someone else and cause them pain. And even if it's not as deep as causing someone pain, even just causing dissonance, um, confusion, adding to the stress in the room, I never feel good about it. I don't think anyone feels good about it. But again, I can only speak for myself. What I essentially did, folks, is that I wrote an angry email to a friend, and I got real righteous. That was the true danger here. Hold on, we got someone's car alarm out there. I swear to God, I think those who have car alarms installed in their vehicles, they are always the last people to hear it. Every neighbor, dog, child, ghost, they hear your fucking car alarm. And then I just somehow get the feeling that you're the sucker who just sits there and goes, oh, well, I guess it's my vehicle. And then you go out with your lazy, sleepy, doughy saunter and you go, oh, oh, and turn off the car. And you don't even notice that the whole neighborhood is just glaring at you going, what the fuck? Your car's been going off for the last seven hours. And your sleepy ass goes, well, that's okay. I mean, you know, reality begins and ends with my neurons. I'm, I'm testy these days, folks. Actually, f stop, Alex. These days, really? Haven't you been testy most of your life? It's true. It's true. I saw him. I saw him. It's real. 
Now, Cindy, there's no such thing as a nice guy who also has rage that he's operating his life. Take it from me. I didn't pay attention, and I think in binary ways. You're either happy or you're sad. So learn from me, Cindy. But no, it's true. I saw a complex human being. He exists. He does his best, and he fucks up. Now, Cindy, only Mommy and Daddy are allowed to use that word. I'm learning more and more how to become my own best parent. And you know another thing as a man? No education. This society doesn't fucking care. It is so used to men just plundering and fucking around and getting their own shit done that there really are no courses to help us as boys who are inevitably one day going to be the inheritors of testosterone. And they don't really seem to give a fuck how we're going to use this. I've been talking about this in several episodes, folks. Y'all are probably sick of hearing it now, but the werewolf, the werewolf, the werewolf, that's what I call it. It's this, it's this just fuck you all. And it's part of what I think is the male mechanism where we get aggressive and competitive and uh, ragey. Now, also, I will say, in terms of having hurt feelings and then expressing them poorly, that's pretty universal. That's a very human experience. So I would say men and women, in fact, I know men and women have had sloppy moments in expressing themselves, and they go over the line. Um, So what I essentially did, folks, is that in my expressing my hurt to my friend, in written form, which I'm embarrassed about now, folks. See, now, remember I told you all at the beginning of this episode, you need to be more embarrassed. Well, I'm going to show you an example of this. I feel horrible, folks. And by the way, we're all good now. Happy ending. My friend and I, we're, 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 we're ready to rock and roll again. But you know why? Because I had to own up to some dumb shit that I was doing. And the dumb shit was basically calling my friend's life choices and professionalism into question. And that was not my place to do because honestly, the level of my feeling ignored and put to the side was not that, that, that it it didn't match what, what the actual problem was. You know, really when I sat down after I made a fool of myself writing this diatribe, email, um, I had to really sit with myself and, and realize, God damn it, you know, because in the moment you're heated. And I've learned very, very importantly that one just should not send an email or make a phone call or send a text when one is heated. And I really fucked myself that day by being at work dealing with just... Some days, man, everyone gets the memo to be stupid. Everyone. Everyone leaves the house, and right before they leave the house, they they look up and they see on their mirror some cryptic message that says, Remember, be a total moron today. And they go, Got it. I didn't listen to anything else, but I looked at my ego in the reflection, and it told me to be stupid. I got you, crystal clear. And um, it was one of those days where it felt like herding cats, as they say. 
grown adults who have no idea how to wear masks, how to maintain social distance. And then when you nicely tell them to improve that, they look at you like you ruined their 13th birthday party. Uh, that shit had me fu 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 furious. And I, um, I just, I, I, I fucking lost it. And I, and so I'm feeling slighted by the public slighted by uh, a friend and ultimately let's get really deep I wasn't taking care of myself so any kind of self-fathering self-guiding self-nurturing that was just out the window and um, I was I was left with only negative feelings and I just threw them out and not the cool throwing out where I really should have thrown them out in the trash. No, I threw them outward. And um, the point is, I could have told my friend simply how it made me feel. And that would have been, I would have been in the right on that. And then there could have been a, actually been a, a discussion, a conversation. But then I just had to take it a little farther. <clears throat> and here's the worst part. I felt totally in the right when I did it. I really thought, oh yeah, this is great. I'm standing up for myself. I wrote this out as a grown man, and this is what I'm going to do as I more and more learn how to speak for myself. Uh, I've spent a lot of my life, folks, being very uh, uh, clamping up when I should speak up, letting assholes run the whole room while I just, you know, keep to myself. I don't want to get involved. Um, I've done that a lot. And the problem is this, this situation did not call for speaking up and really getting fierce. But we learn. We learn. And, uh, and I was haunted all night long with this feeling, my friends. I was haunted. I, I was truly just, I couldn't sleep. And luckily, thanks to a go-between friend of ours, you know, he, he was giving me some wisdom about this, reminding me that I'm still a good person. Uh, but I couldn't even see that. I really felt like I had desecrated my own temple, as I was talking about earlier. And to just further that idea, what I mean by that is when you slight others, not only do you slight them, you cheat your own heart and mind out of proper expression. And you... you, you cross a line for your own standards. I don't even know what, I, don't, I wouldn't know how to verbalize my hero's code, my set of morals. I don't really know what they are off the top of my head, but there's a feeling you get where you go, oh shit, that's not me. And I just realized how much ego was involved in that. So then I looked deeper and there's something that I noticed is that, especially we who are of the eccentric artist type, maybe I fall into that category. I'll let you all decide that. But uh, a lot of us who are anywhere from actors to illustrators to dancers to choreographers to musicians to music producers to m movie directors, writers, the whole thing, anything of that artistic origin... As children, a lot of us learn that we're in an unsafe domestic situation that we have no control over. And as such, 
our own sense of self-worth gets diminished and we begin to believe that we have no contribution to the goodness that is possible. And then we realize, oh, but wait, I have a talent. I have the ability to speak a certain way, to draw a certain way, to move a certain way, to sound a certain way. And that suddenly gets the big adult's attention. And then they're going, oh, wait, now I do see your worth. And we start to go, aha, as long as I am being understood talent-wise, then to hell with normal, everyday human sense of good self-worth. I just need to sort of be elevated as a star, as a standout kid, because I have talent. And um, while that is true, it's an early thing. And, I, and I, I thank the child in me that got me to where he needed to get me, which was sort of putting out an artistic shield to put out a cloud of comedy and, and zaniness, which I, I still do it, folks. But I do it, I try to do it very givingly and lovingly. But as the child does it, the child doesn't understand also that now I'm equating, I'm equating my self-worth as a human being with my self-worth as a creative artist. And I think as we get older, hopefully, the two, while always being two sides of the same coin, are nevertheless two different sides. They're not the same side. In fact, I'd say my greatest criticism of even the most professionally dynamic artists that I have personally met, not just some celebrity on a screen who I dream about, but an actual like working artist who I've met, I would say greatest criticism I can give just as a fellow human looking at a fellow human is that they have worked so hard on being artistically dynamic that they have forgotten some humility, they've forgotten some important things that do bring them simple happiness. There are grandiose, near-narcissistic reactions to life. And the problem is is that I don't care how talented you are, and you shouldn't care how talented I am or am not. (laughs) But that is its own thing, and it's beautiful, but it does not complete one's contribution to the societal milieu. And to say that in a less wordy way, just because you're talented doesn't mean you can talk any fucking way you want. You really do need to remember that everybody has feelings. I think one of my traps when I feel slighted by someone is I assume that they're just dead inside and they have no ability to actually feel. So I go, you know what, Mr. Robot? I'm going to fucking take apart your circuits. Well, no, it's not HAL 9000 who you have to deactivate. It's, it's, a, it's a person. They have a heart like you. They have a brain like you. We might have a different heartbeat and we might have a different brain fluctuation. But guess what? We're all from the same primordial ooze and thank goodness. Here's the, here, I'm really not doing well when I start to critique and and vilify friends of mine who are simply, quite simply, 
beating their drum at a different rhythm than I beat mine. That's it. And you know, I think being an only child, being a theater kid, coming from a theater world where most of your directors, not all, but a lot of them are extremely self-involved, often very punishing people, you start to develop these defenses and these strange little psychological nuances. So I'm just kind of figuring it out as I go. And I became massively embarrassed. And, uh, and I'm thankful for that because I've come out the other side, folks. I now can sleep well again at night. I'm not, uh, I'm not rolling around in my sheets going, oh, fuck. Oh, God, why did I write that? Oh, no, it's now out there forever. Why did I do that? Oh, I'm such a piece of shit. Yes, thank goodness. We got past that. And why? Because I had to own my feelings responsibly this time around. Remember that I'm still figuring it out, that I'm human. You know, a lot of other supportive friends, they said something to me which I sometimes just can't hear, which is, hey, Alex, you're a human being. You, we, we as humans make mistakes. And I understand that intellectually. I still struggle with the reality that I could possibly make a mistake. Shows the work that I have ahead of me. So I'm just trying to pay attention more to the hurt kid in me. And when that hurt kid wants to drive the car, I'm learning more and more that I have to pull my soul's car over and just take a look at the sights for a while because that kid shouldn't be driving anyway. His little feet can't reach the pedals anyway. (laughs) So, once again, back to good old square one. And it's a good square to come back to because that's the very square from which we create newer, more complex shapes. I'm going to give you all just a, a, not even a challenge, an invitation, and not anything you have to do for me, but just an invitation that you might give to yourselves. Invite yourselves to notice the kid in you that is still hurt by old pain and how much of that kid is running your show. I'll talk to you guys again real soon. May you continue to feed well from the food of thought. May you find sleep and awake in their most deep and loveliest of forms. And until next time, thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme. In the Words of Alex Rogers is a podcast orbiting the mothership of Wild 7 Studios. Music by Inca Rose. Keep your ears open for storyscapes, Simpin' After Dark, and other audio goodies from Wild 7. And keep your eyes open for its first feature-length film, Debbie and the Devil.